To Hell with the Hot Dish represents the opinions and musings of three not overly intelligent pastors working to challenge a church long defined by a cliché casserole culture. The thoughts expressed here are their own and not necessarily the thoughts of any larger institution. So feel free to find your seat, stow all expectations for answers in the overhead compartment, and join us on this misguided adventure. This is To Hell with the Hot Dish. Welcome to the podcast. We are coming to you, sadly, after uh, reports from Orlando. I don't know when this episode will get released, but this is our episode following that, and we are bummed out. But uh, yeah, we thought it might be important we have a conversation about this, uh, about kind of our ways, as this is kind of what the podcast is about. But um, this is To Hell with the Hot Dish. I'm Alex in uh, North Dakota. I'm Lauren in Cincinnati. And I'm Kyle in Texas. Yeah. So our podcast, we've called this thing To Hell with a Hot Dish because we're working to widen the gaze of the church to kind of talk about what it means to be church in the face of sometimes our cultural expectations, the heritage traditions we observe, and how do we walk closer to the heart of God and highlight some of those. And today we're talking a bit about that because... I think we've seen some pretty traditional responses to a sadly, embarrassingly common thing, which is a mass shooting occurred in Orlando. I'm from Southwest Florida. Uh, I spent my college days in Orlando. I'm a UCF grad. I have the most fond memories of my time in Orlando and my heart breaks for the people that live there now. My friends, uh, I mean, they're as close as family, and they're going through a lot of stuff, and I was a little bummed out about seeing some of our responses on Facebook. Also really encouraged seeing the amount of support offered, but uh, we're going to reflect on that a bit, and as usual, as our disclaimer says, we don't have answers. No expectation for answers in the overhead compartment, because we're all in the midst of mourning. Anybody else idea to set up this episode? No, you're you're right. We're struggling. You know, we're we're reeling like the rest of the world. I think this will probably come out about a, a week's time from when we're recording this. And I know who knows what else will kind of come out. But, you know, it's everywhere. Uh, we can't escape it. Every time I turn on the radio or the TV or conversation with folks, it's it's right there. I think it's important that we are wrestling with it, right? That's why we're doing one of these episodes. We want to start conversation in the church, and that's what we try to do on this podcast. I think we kind of model how we have that conversation and what we do about that. How can we have a healthy conversation about that? I, I, I'm i sad, for sure. So I'll, I'll begin. I, um, I woke up on Sunday morning, and I drove to church, and I was thinking on my way to church about – my sermon, I got my daughter up and my wife works in the hospitals um, over the weekend. So I took my daughter to my mother-in-law's, dropped her off, got in the car, driving to church. I'm thinking of my sermon, practicing it. All of our high school students are headed out to Baltimore this week. They're there right now and they were leaving after the 845 service on Sunday. And so I got through the service. I preached a sermon, 
It was a really, uh, you know, fun, joy-filled sermon, a lot of jokes, a lot of just excitement in it. And as worship was coming to a close, I made my way out into the gathering space and a woman came up to me with tears in her eyes and she grabbed my arm and she said, Pastor, have you heard about Orlando? And I said, no, I hadn't heard anything. And she said, there's been a mass shooting. Over 50 people have been killed and 50 more injured. And once again, the pit of my stomach fell out. Um, I felt anger. I felt shock. I felt numb. I felt confused. And I felt generally pissed off. Yeah, mine's like, again? Again? And so I, I talked with her for a few moments, and she said, yeah, it was at a gay nightclub, a gay nightclub in Orlando where this shooting occurred. And my anger just increased. It made it even more tragic in my mind. All shootings, all mass shootings are tragic, but obviously this was a targeted place, targeted community, the GLBT community. So I went into my office after our conversation. I opened up my iPhone and I saw 50 shot, 50 dead, started reading all the things on Facebook. And then I had to preach again at 11. And I had this sermon that I had prepared and I didn't know what to do. And so at the beginning of the service before confession and forgiveness, we had a moment of silence. We named our sin, corporate sin, and uh, we sat there for a moment. And I can tell you it was really difficult to preach the sermon that I had prepared. Mm -hmm. Right. And I've tried to find ways to bring this in and into light. And ever since then, from Sunday to this moment, I, I felt every emotion in the book. I mean, I have felt livid. I have felt angry. I've wanted to find an enemy. My mind's jumped there. Who who can I blame? Who can I blame? Who can I blame? Obviously, this individual, radicalized religion, um, hate, all of these things are swirling around. And, you know, just a few days have passed by now. And I don't know about you guys, but I feel like conversations are tailspinning in a thousand different directions on social media, on Facebook. And now I'm like, I don't even know where I am because this time around, you know, I felt this way with Sandy Hook. I felt this way as a as a kid during Columbine. I felt this way with the Aurora movie theater, San Bernardino. But this time around, I feel like I'm just in a state of shock this time. Right. And I don't want to jump into all the thousand conversations. I just I feel like I need to be in a space of grieving. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Where, where are you guys? I think you're saying something that is totally true, which is that this one feels different. I think because my immediate reaction was just like, holy crap, again, again with this. So it's become so common that I'm getting beyond mourning and just getting angry because I'm like, what is this? Can we please just stop? Because a lot of my friends still live in Orlando. My experience of it was opening my phone and getting tons of notifications that all my friends are marked safe. So-and-so has been marked safe. So-and-so has been marked safe because that was an application on Facebook to make sure some people were okay. I'm going, what the heck happened? Because I was out visiting my rural congregation and I see this stuff and I call and I go, what? I call my wife. I go, what happened? She goes, "It's at, it was at Pulse. And so far, it seems like the people we know are okay. But then as it went on, now we have plenty of friends that are directly connected to this mm-hmm. and lost loved ones and friends and family. And I just ache now but my immediate reaction you're right i had to find an enemy to identify and vilify and for me 
I'm, I'm a logic person. I'm always trying to like solve problems. You know, like, what is it? Let's get to the real issue. You know, let's ask some adaptive questions to get to the real issue. But when you're really upset, you want a technical, just like fast solution. And mine was a medium. Like, did that damn dude have an assault rifle that he bought at some SWAT meet or something? Because my immediate thing was like, guns are the problem. And yeah, that's a legit thing. I'll stand by that. But what is it that like, instead of mourning, oh, I was immediately like, who the hell's responsible for this? And I know it's that guy, but I'll tell you what I can do. We should do this. And if anyone argues with me, they're an absolute buffoon, which is not true, but I'm just mad. So where I jumped when I heard when the lady told me in after worship that there was another mass shooting, when she first said that, my initial enemy jumped to well, I bet this was a terrorist. I bet this was someone that's been radicalized right. by radicalized Islam. And part of that comes out of my story of being in the army and serving in Iraq and sure. fighting in the Iraq war. Absolutely. My initial gut reaction was, again, just like Boston Marathon, just like San Bernardino, another sign of the Islamic State. I, I jumped to that. And then when she told me it was at Pulse nightclub and I went in and I went on my phone and I saw that this was at a gay nightclub. Then a whole nother thing happened to me that almost became even more viscerally upset because not only was it an act of terrorism, striking terror in people and an attack on on our American way of life. It was also an attack on a specific community, a hate crime. And that just really has got me in pieces right now because it, it – not that any one attacker, any of these shootings are pinpointed on one thing, but but I jumped to that. So I jumped to any more horrible than the last. Yeah, one. I jumped yeah. to, OK, you know, not only are you going to walk into a, any place, a marathon, any place and kill how many innocent people you've directly targeted a specific community that that is already vulnerable in our country. A marginalized community. Right. Right. <sighs> what about you, Kyle? How are you? What are you thinking? And well, I, you know, this this is probably not going to be as coherent as I would like it to be because I am a little bit all over the place. You know, I, I I've had kind of all of those <clears throat> reactions. I was mad. I mean, I thought again, how can this happen again? I think it's important to lift up all of the victims in all attacks like this, and I I grieve with them, and I am incredibly saddened by this. I'll say that I thought back to all of the attacks in the past and my mind started to think about how do we put ourselves back together again? You know, I mean, I went to that process for how do we overcome this again? How many times are we going to have to overcome this again? You know, get mad thinking about it, right? And then, of course, all the details and facts start coming out and everybody starts going, oh, it's this, oh, it's this, oh, it's that. It's <laughs> it's not one thing. Right. <laughs> right. It is not one what thing. What you're pointing to, Kyle, is exactly how I felt on Sunday morning. You know, I, I had this sermon that was filled with jokes. In my sermon at 845, I told the congregation that my wife is pregnant. I, I publicly announced that we're having another baby. It was this joy-filled moment, this joy-filled sermon making jokes and, and encouraging our youth to go out and live in love like Jesus and serve. And then I'm told this news yeah. and I can't preach the same message. Right. But but then there's something in me that's fighting that. Like, but I want yeah. to preach this gospel, joy-filled, life-filled, love-filled message. And I know that's what the world needs to hear. Right. 
but I want to sit in this sorrow and I want to sit in this pain. And I think that's what America needs. And so what I get upset about, I understand that people on social media are having the gun control conversation. I understand people are having the mental health conversation. I understand that people are having the radical Islam conversation. I understand fully that people are having the homophobic conversation and and hate speech and and all of the um, the oppression that the gay community has suffered through throughout the years and years. I understand all of that. But what I get frustrated with is I'm not ready for that. Right. In this go around, I am not ready for any of that yet. I know we need to have it, but I think we're so quick to jump into our solutions. And, and I, I think we're losing what it means to be a nation and a people, a humanity that grieves evil and atrocity and sorrow and heartbreak. And mm-hmm. this time around, when the TV's on and the mother is crying and sobbing about her son, I can't look away. And I, I, I just want to cry with her. And maybe this is just a part of me personally coming out of my, my numb, my numbness that I feel like I've had since I went to Iraq and I served there. Every mass shooting that's happened up into this one, I've been numb. I, I grieve, I'm upset, I'm angry, I'm mad, but I'm numb. I haven't shed a tear, and I'll admit that. I, I, I have not shed a tear over one of these mass shootings since my time in Iraq. And this time around, I broke down during confession and forgiveness, and I just, I wept in the middle of church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm hearing this, and like, I think we also want to honor like the fact that we should really be hesitant to tell people how they should handle right. this. Yeah. How they should do it. Because... I totally am with that thing. It's like, the prayers are nice. There needs to be action. And I go, yeah, like that Mother Teresa quote, you know, you you pray for people, but you, you got to fight like hell for the living. You got to care for each other. And I hear that and I am totally on board with that. But I think there is wisdom in this mourning piece because mourning allows a vulnerability and a level of introspection that I think is very important in these times where we keep saying, again, this has happened. Again, this has happened. Why is it here? Why is it happening now? And then to really mourn the fact that are we complicit in it? Are we encouraging this somehow? How do our lives, our words, the way we teach each other, care for each other, our prejudices we have, grow a culture that would create a storm in someone's brain that would lead them to go it's time for me to execute a hundred people you know like i don't think there's a right way to deal with this except ask ourselves some hard questions about how we are going to try like hell for our kids for our brothers and sisters to not let this kind of thing numb us or become normal because lauren good to hear you wept about it because that's a human response just as it is a human response to be numbed after so much yeah. violence. But we need to be hurt by this. And maybe we need to sit in it a bit and say, what are we going to do right. about it? What I mean, I, I get people wanting to respond, but I also am very scared of a who's to blame, who's going to pay for this. And I was really encouraged last night as I was at a, a vigil with Pride Minot hearing people's just thoughtful vulnerability of I'm scared because of this, but I know the answer isn't my anger or rage at a person. Yeah. It's going to be better through my love 
for each other. We're going to hold each other up and that will carry us. And I'm like, that's the most gospel thing I've ever heard. Right. You know, like that's a resurrection experience right there. And um, yeah, I think we're trying really hard as a, as a podcast. We don't want to say how you should feel, but I think we do have a challenging element of how do we look at ourselves too? Right. How do we ask ourselves hard questions and let ourselves grieve so that maybe we come through on the other side, that maybe God is going to make us remake us in being crushed, you know? Yeah. Thanks, Alex. I think that's helpful. I was reading through the statement from our presiding bishop, uh, Elizabeth Eaton. I saw it yeah. pop up last night, I think. And she talks about that in in times like this, we have to realize she says, we are killing ourselves, that we believe yeah. that all people are created in God's image and that if all humanity bears that resemblance, then people who are being killed are, are us. And we need, to, we need to grieve that and we need to understand that. She also says that we live in an increasingly divided and polarized society and that too often we sort ourselves into like-minded groups and that we sort others out and in a short distance from division to demon demonization, right? Really quickly there. And she said, we witnessed those events and that's absolutely what happens. And, and I think that happens in our knee jerk reactions to jump to blaming and that we start to polarize already, right? In our reactions that we have to kind of realize that as uh, Bishop Eaton says, there is another way. God has reconciled the world to God's self, that what happens is perpetrators like this are shaped by the divisions that we create in our culture. And we have to we have to grieve with one another and not jump to creating more divisions too quickly. We, we have to be in this uh, together on, on all levels, in all ways. And what really infuriates me and, and, and makes me mad is that so quickly – the conversation jumps to a debate and a polarization between gun enthusiasts that say um, there's nothing wrong with assault rifles. It wasn't the assault rifle that killed them. And, and the other camp that says assault rifles are horrible. Why do we allow it to happen? And then a, a passionate, heated, fueled debate about that is what becomes central. And what I don't see or what I don't feel at least are both parties there being just as angry and passionate and convicted that what happened was horrible and wrong and evil. A hate crime. Was a hate crime. And a hate crime. We're such a culture, I feel like, that doesn't know how to deal with the pain and the mess and the death and the hatred and the evil and the violence. We don't know how to deal with it, that then we want to have a passionate conversation about something else that does matter. It matters. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I think all these conversations are important. But but let's rally. Where, where's our unity? And, and so, so what I see is we take something that is an opportunity, a horrible opportunity, but an opportunity for humanity to be united, united in solidarity around the sanctity of human life. And we forget that, then we immediately turn into this disagreement about a thousand other things. Yeah. When I think the thing we need to be so convicted of is our unity around the sanctity of human life, our unity that all lives matter, that gay lives matter, straight lives matter, all of this, that there's no room for senseless killing. I don't know. I, I'm just, 
and maybe I'll be ready for those conversations about gun control or mental health or all of those things. But but why do we? T- I don't know. I don't know. I'm just rambling now. But that's that's what's really getting me this time. It's frustrating. And I get it because like I'm admitting my own. I jumped there so fast. I was just like, all right, let's stop being stupid and technically fix this. You know, like and. Most people believe we could have sensible gun laws. You know, they believe that. But it's sad that because of that continued debate and how, like, poisonous it's become, that something so heartbreaking can happen. And, like, this is my confession of the saddest thing I witnessed. I know people who are great, great folks, great people. They love that they can have whatever gun they want, and I have no worries about them owning them. But they are also very patriotic who have always expressed on Facebook their solidarity when terrorist attacks. These are the people that change their profile picture when there is a Paris attacks. These are people that are all about how bad terrorism is. And then we have something like this happen and there is no response to what happened there. Mm. And then it seems like they're bracing themselves for a gun debate instead of a conversation about how wrong. It is that this happened. And I get it because they're ready for all their world to be attacked because that's what we do. We just turn on each other and try to demonize one another for our beliefs. And I'm like, uh, I can't blame anybody now. I know that I want to, but I can't because we're all poisoned by this polarization instead of mourning together and asking ourselves on a very personal level, how am I growing a culture that can create this you know what i mean like i'm I'm disappointed in myself i'm disappointed in everybody and i'm embarrassed that i always want to demonize something someone some agenda instead of just dealing with my own shame that i'm in a culture that does this you know that i'm not connected with this community until something like this happens because i have such privilege that i don't have to consider it you know it's embarrassing I don't think anybody would disagree with the fact that we live in a polarized society. And if we can see that or at least open up with a little bit of common sense with that says that we can we can agree and surround on an issue in a polarized and divided society. Common sense says we're all going to have to give a little bit to make a change. Right. And that there's going to have to be a point where whether I I'm going to agree to come to the table and have a conversation with somebody who's different than me or whether I'm going to say, you know what, I need to change the way I live for the sake of somebody else. I think it starts with me looking at myself and saying, what what can I do and what should I do? For me, the progression that I've found this flows in my life over and over and over again is that when something horrible or tragic happens, I initially shake my fists and I scream out anger at God. I mean, I think that's initially what I do. Why, God? Why? Why the hell did this happen again? And I throw all of that onto God. And then pretty quickly, I shake my fists and I throw all my anger at something or someone else. Radical Islam, uh, Islamophobia, uh, homophobia, hatred, all of the hate crimes. How can you be so evil? Why would you do that? Don't you care about life? Why would you take these people's lives? I throw all of that anger, all of that hatred at someone else or something else. And then I think the progression that is harder to make for me and I think for most people is to then turn that inward and and to shake my fist at myself. Yeah, yeah. 
is to say, and what is wrong with me? Where am I not loving fully? How do I not embrace uh, people like Jesus did fully? How can I work on myself and how I treat all people? Where's the anger and the hatred within myself that I need to reconcile with God? Mm -hmm. You know, G.K. Chesterton Chesterton, uh, was asked, what is wrong with the world? And he responded, I am, which is a profound thought that, yes, we need to have debate and dialogue about how to prevent this from happening again. But the single hardest place to begin that I think is so important is within each and every one of ourselves. You know, how do we prevent this? Yes, there are sensible things we can do with gun control. Yes, there are sensible things we can do with gun control. That's my personal opinion. Ditto. Yes, there are things we can do, you know, in the mental health community. Yes. And yes, there are things we can do to work against hate speech and uh, bigotry yeah. and, and advocating for the GLBT community. And yes, there are things I can do as an individual to be more loving. And uh, I don't know. I'm ranting. and but No, that's, that's where we all are, I think. I think you have to enter into this with an air of humility. Right. Humility to be with somebody who's grieving and humility to say, I can't fix it by pointing to an easy solution. Right. And and have conversations with humility with each other. And that's I think that's a start, at least, mm-hmm. you know, this is our hope that it becomes a both and as opposed to this thing. You know, is it this or that? Because I don't want to get into a debate again about how. Well, you can't get rid of them because there's evil in the world. I know. Until the kingdom comes, there sure will be. I'm done with the conversation of routing out evil. I pray God would move within me to move me towards growing mercy and peace in my ways, in my words, in the ways I care for people. I just, I hope my daughter doesn't know that same cloud of judgment that's always been in my head that just came with my admission to planet Earth. That I come with my own desire to demonize. I just, that's what I'm praying for. Yes, there's going to be evil in the world. I think I'm moving past this idea of wanting to root out those individuals and really stomp them and punish them. And I hope we're moving towards where we stand with victims. I stand with people who have been abused, victimized, subjected to poor treatment. That's where I'm at now in my grieving process is how do I love better, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't, I don't know how helpful my, my anger is. Yeah. I think it's helpful and I think it's healthy and that we have to feel anger, but I think that, oh yeah. How do you love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you? Pray for those who hurt you. And right. how do you do, how do you do right. that when, when that person is yourself as well? And how do you, mm-hmm. how do you, yep. mm-hmm. you know, uh, I imagine you listening feel. Yeah, I I said that. Yeah. If you if you've been listening and we've said something and you've shouted back something else or it's this or it's that or it's whatever, I'm with you. I get it. <laughs> I um no, I get it. I I get it. I get it. I get it. But I I think that we have to start doing critical work of saying what do we truly value. What are our values? What is the vision of life? What is the vision of our lives? What is the vision of the world that God might have? And what do we truly value in this life? Do we value life? Do we value love? Do we value 
opportunity rights? What do we value? And then how can we live one small step after the other into those values? And I think that so often we make things about issues instead of about values. Sure. I think we would be far better off if we had value conversations. Well, value conversations always reveal the two masters we're serving, that we're not actually serving one. You know, like when we get to how our ways betray those values, then we do have to answer the questions about our own idolatry to the things we put above God, which I absolutely believe we can do that with so many things, Mm -hmm. whether it be our possessions, whether it be our our nation given rights, you know, our 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 constitutional rights, whether it be the things we want to value above. Above God's value, which is to restore all of creation to God's own heart. And values help us get there, I think. I, I appreciate that that addition. I agree. I've thought that a while. For us, as particularly as Americans, we set ourselves up and we think of ourselves as really secure and we're self-made and we puff ourselves up and we forget our dependence on God for everything, right? And we're too easy, uh, we're too easy on ourselves to think that we've we've done this and we're protected. And how dare that happen to us? The rest of the world has has had to deal with this over time, and it's in these tragedies when your true faith comes out and you say, like you said, where do my values lie? Where does my heart lie? What what am I serving with the way I'm living my life? And maybe I can't continue to live the same way that I have. Yeah. Do we value the words Jesus spoke to a Roman culture of war and violence and said, blessed are the peacemakers? We haven't learned what that means, and we're starting to learn what that means. Yeah. That Do we value the fact that Peter, in all of his love for Jesus, took an ear off a soldier and Jesus, Jesus responds with, put your sword away? Yeah. You know, like, do we value that? I That's, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, we don't know. Love your enemy. Love your enemy. It's it's hard. I, I hope this is conversation maybe has reflected some of our you know listeners' feelings or thoughts, and obviously this has to grow and evolve and continue. And we hope that this hasn't encouraged anybody to demonize any person because it ain't about. That. And if this, if it, if at any point throughout what we've said, you've been enraged by what we've said. I would ask you to consider, are you more enraged with maybe a comment we've said in the midst of trying to sort this out than you are with the fact that 50 people lost their life? There you go. It's a challenge. Well, we're searching. Everything we're saying is searching for words to deal with this, right? And and, and they're all about that same issue. Right? How to sit in this moment and grieve and lament and how to move forward because I don't just want to wake up tomorrow and say, well, that happened. Let's just go back to living life as usual. Get ready for round round 80. Right. You know, round what? 276 this year? And what is the story of the gospel? Is that God entered into a world that was filled with hate, that was filled with violence, to know that so fully and to say, I have a different story in mind for, for these people that I love, right? That That's our world. And God still enters yeah. into this world to speak those same words, to knowing us, to speak solidarity, to be with us. If we model that, we're starting in a good place. And then to say the story is so much more and the dreams of God are more for this world than just that, right? Yeah. Well, I think this is where we're at. 
Uh, sorry if this was incoherent or if this took many tangents, but we're, we're going through this. We're praying for all of you, our listeners, as you go through this. We we know God walks with us and God mourns with us. And um, we thank you for listening. If you have comments you want to share with Facebook, go for it. Try not to be awful to each other. Um, <laughs> yeah. Really, I mean, honestly, if we could say something, try not to troll one another. Please stop baiting each other into nasty arguments and... Let's not be rude to each other or nasty. There is plenty of nasty to go around in the world. Plenty of uh, anger that we don't need to add to that by really dogging on each other. Let's let's try to love better. Let's face it like Jesus did. Let's try to love better, love harder, <laughs> love more. With that, I guess we'll wrap it up. Any shout outs we need to do? I think this stands out. We just should say shout out to everybody to love more. Love. Love. Yep. Love is love is love is love. Yes. Yes. So um, with that, uh, we'll conclude. And as always, we're saying to hell with senseless. What was it, Lauren? You posted something. I loved it. To hell with what? Yeah, this is not normal. To hell with senseless acts of violence. Mm. To hell with senseless acts of violence. To hell with hatred. To hell with hate crimes. To hell with terrorism. To hell with uh, homophobia. To hell with all of the division of the world <laughs> to hell with it islamophobia you name it to hell with that to hell with all of that let's love bye guys thanks for listening <laughs>